I'm Elder Shanina Walker, and thank you for joining me today on our podcast, Yasha, Young and Sharing His Anointing. Today on our Let's Wrap readings, we're going to be speaking to you on the subject of our great high priest. Today, our lesson is going to be coming from Hebrew, the fourth chapter, beginning at the 14th verse, and it reads as thus. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let's wrap. Now, as we begin to re-examine our subject, which is our great high priest, I thought it would be only right if we begin with what the general definition of a priest is. A priest uh, typically is one who uh, is duly authorized to minister in sacred things. Uh, he is one who acts as a mediator between man and God, and particularly one who offers sacrifices at the altar. Now, when we begin to look at what a high priest is, uh, according to the Old Testament and the roles of a high priest, the high priest was the supreme religious leader of the Israelites. The office of a high priest was hereditary. And we know by our studies that this uh, office was first given to Aaron and his sons following the establishment of the Mosaic Covenant on Mount Sinai, according to Exodus 28, 29. Um, and the high priest had to be whole physically himself without any physical defects and holy in his conduct because the high priest held such a high leadership position. One of his roles was overseeing the responsibility of all the subordinate priests. Now, though the high priest could participate in ordinary priestly uh, ministries, only certain functions were given to him particularly. Only the high priest could wear the Urim or the Thummim uh, which in fact was the engraved dice-like stones um, that they wore on their breastplate. For this reason, the Hebrew people would go to the high priest in order to know the will of God. Uh, these, uh, this engraved dice-like stones was used to determine truth or falsities, and this could only be done by the great high priest. Another role of the great high priest is uh, he had to offer a sin offering, not only for the sins of the whole congregation, but also for himself. The most important duty of the high priest was also to conduct a service on the Day of Atonement. And this was the 10th day of the seventh month of every year. Only the high priest was allowed to enter into the most holy place behind the veil to stand before God. Having made a sacrifice first for himself and then for the people, he then brought the blood into the Holy of Holiness and sprinkled it on the mercy seat, God's throne. He did this to make atonement, again, not only for himself, but also for the people for their sins that were committed during the year just in. From our studies, we also learned that the high priest was a human representative to God. And it is in this particular service uh, of the high priest that is compared to the ministry of Jesus as our high priest. As a matter of fact, um, the role of high priest in the Old Testament was a foreshadowing of the coming of our Messiah. So as we begin to get into 
what it looks like as Jesus, the Messiah, as our high priest. And we clearly know from our studying in the Bible that Jesus was and is a prophet, a priest, a king. We know that Christ was not uh, from the tribe of Levi. For we know that in the Old Testament that the tribe of Levi uh, once again was designated by God to serve. And as we stated, Aaron uh, was the first chosen for that position in his family uh, as priest in the tabernacle. Jesus, in fact, was from the tribe of Judah. And although he was not from the tribe of Levi, uh, it did not diminish in no way what Jesus came to do. For Jesus demonstrated his physical priestly services by his sinless life that he lived, Jesus was able to demonstrate his physical priestly services uh, by the signs and the miracles that followed him. Jesus was able to demonstrate his physical uh, priestly services by the fulfillment of prophecies. He also was able to demonstrate his physical priestly services by his righteousness, uh, by him being a living sacrifice. We know that Jesus was and is the Lamb of God. He was able to demonstrate his physical priestly services um, at his resurrection from the dead and his ritual application of his own blood. We know that Jesus' blood was the blood of the lamb that was given as a sacrifice, a sacrificial offering for our sins uh, on the altar in heaven. And as we begin to examine our subject again, our great high priest, and we begin to look at all the things that Jesus demonstrated in his physical priestly service, we have no doubt in our mind who our great high priest is. And as we begin to look at uh, the scripture, Hebrew, the fourth chapter, beginning at the 14th verse, and we begin to go into depth in our key scripture, it says, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, which is now, we know, seated on the right hand of God. And we know that that high priest is Jesus, the son of God. For we know that Hebrew, the ninth chapter, 26 verse tells that Christ offering himself for our sins once for all. Uh, the 26th verse reads, for then he would have had suffered repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the age to put away sin by the sacrificing of himself. So we know that Christ took and sacrificed himself on our behalf, took the punishment that we deserve. And we know that Hebrew 10 and 12 tells us, but when Christ had offered for all times a single sacrifice for sin, he sat down on the right hand of God. So we know that Christ is sitting on the right hand of God. And because of Jesus, and the sacrificing of himself for us, we are sanctified and set apart by him. By entering God's presence on our behalf, Christ has secured us for our eternal redemption. So our salvation is secure. We also see in the Bible of Hebrew 9 and 12, it tells us he entered once and for all into the holy place, not by means of blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, through, thus securing an re eternal redemption. So we can clearly see through these scriptures that Jesus is, in fact, our great high priest, and he has secured us an eternal redemption. And Paul began to write in 1 Timothy 2 and 5, he said, for there is one God. There is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So we know that Jesus is, in fact, our great high priest. He 
is in fact our mediator that stands between us and God. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under the heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So we know that Jesus holds a name greater than any name. For the Bible is telling us here, there is no other name under the heaven among men. No name. Not Kafusha, not Muhammad, not Buddha, uh, not Baal. <laughs> no name. There's no name under the heaven. I don't care who you can think of in the highest office. There is no name under the heaven given among men by which we must be saved other than the name of Jesus Christ. Now, when we look at our scripture, our key scripture, Hebrew, and we begin to go into that 14th verse again. Let's go back. It says, seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession. In other words, profession means let us hold fast to our confession. Let us hold fast to our declaration, our affirmation, our proclamation. Let us hold fast. For we have not a high priest. We have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. We look at the word infirmity. We know infirmities mean physical or mental weakness, frailties, illness. The uh, New English Version, I like the what it says. In other words, it's saying Jesus is not incapable of sympathizing with our weaknesses. But the Bible says he was in all points tempted. We know that tempted me entice or attempt to entice someone to do or acquire something that they find attractive, but known that it may be wrong or not beneficial. Uh, he, he was tempted. In other words, alluring, attractive. He was tempted just as we are at all points. So we have a savior. We have a mediator who in fact is capable of sympathizing with what we go through on a day-to-day -day basis. Why is he so able to sympathize in what we're going through? Because the King James Version said that he was at all points tempted. The New English Version says he was tempted in every way, like as we are without sin. Yet without sin, he did not sin. Although he was tempted in every area, every way, he was tempted without sin. The 16th verse of Hebrew, the fourth chapter, it says, let us therefore come boldly. We know when we look at the word boldly, boldly means confidently, uh, courageously, come courageous, come boldly to the, unto the throne of grace. Now we begin to look at the word, the throne of grace. We know that the throne of grace is a place where we as believers can go. The believers can go. The Bible says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain. We know obtain means to get, to acquire, to secure, to come in possession of, to take hold of. What are we coming boldly to the throne of grace to do? We're coming boldly, courageously, confidently to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy. Now we know that mercy is defined as compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or to harm. The Bible is telling us, therefore, come boldly to the throne of grace 
the place that believers are able to go to, to obtain, to secure, to acquire, to take hold of what? To take hold of compassion, to take hold of forgiveness for that thing that we deserve to get done to us. God is extending us mercy. We deserve to be punished. We deserve the harm that we're supposed to get, but we're coming first of all, because we have a great high priest who has already passed and went before us and who is seated on the right hand of God. And because of that, because we're able to hold fast to our declaration, our affirmation that Jesus is our high priest, believing that he's not incapable of sympathizing with our weaknesses, but he's well able because of why? Because he was uh, at all points tempted in every way as we were without sin. Therefore, we have the right. Therefore, we have the confidence. We have the courageousness to come boldly, to come boldly before God's throne that we might obtain everything it is that he has for us. The Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy. And not only that we might obtain mercy, but the Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace. So we know that grace, the free and unmerited favor of God as manifested in salvation of sinners and the bestowal of blessings. So the Bible is telling us that we can come boldly, that we might obtain mercy, that we will find free, unmerited favor of God, that we will find this grace in the time of need. In that 16th verse is clearly letting us know that there are going to be times in our lives when we're going to find ourselves in a time of need. And at that time that we find ourselves in a place of need, we need to not be afraid to courageously to come confidently to the throne of grace and obtain the mercy that God has for us. Let's apply. As we begin to apply these scriptures, Hebrew, the fourth chapter, uh, the 14th through the 16th verse through our lives, what exactly is the Bible saying to us? The Bible is saying that I don't care what it is that you're going through right now. I don't care what situation you're finding yourself in. The Bible is letting us know that we don't have to be afraid, that we don't have to fear that we're in this thing alone. Why? Because we have a great high priest. We made it very clear that Jesus, the son of God, is our high priest. And he is more than qualified to be our high priest. Why? Because in his humanly state, he was tested just as we are at every point, but yet he was without sin. He is more than qualified. Why? Because he was the perfect sacrifice, taking his own blood and presenting it on the mercy seat for your sins and my sins. He is more than qualified. Why? Because he overcame death. He is risen. He is sitting on the right hand of God. He is the mediator between you and God. Therefore, no matter what situation you're finding yourself in, no matter what you seem to be going through right now in your family, in your life, on your job, everyday situation or circumstances, come boldly to the throne of grace that you might obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of your son, Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for your word today, God. We thank you most of all for letting us know we have a great high priest. 
God, it is your son, Jesus, who is sitting on the right hand of you, Father, and making intercession for us, Lord. We thank you today, God, for he is the mediator between our sins and you, God. Lord, we just thank you right now, Father, for his blood shed on Calvary Cross that he presented back to heaven, God, on our behalf. Lord, we just love you and we magnify your name. We thank you, O oh God, that you allow your son Jesus to be tempted at every point, that he can sympathize with our weaknesses, God, with our frailties, with our pain, with our illnesses. There is nothing that we go through on a day-to-day -day basis that he cannot sympathize with. And Lord, we just praise you and we glorify you. We thank you that you're allowing us to come boldly, confident and courageously to your throne of grace, that we might obtain mercy, O oh God, that we might find your grace, which is your unmerited favor. And Lord, we just love you. We magnify you. God, we ask that you would search our hearts, the sin that you find in us, move it out of the way, creating us a clean heart, renew a right spirit, help us at all times that we'll be able to present our bodies, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you, which is our reasonable service. Lord, help us, O oh God, that we won't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind through your word. It is in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As always, we thank you for listening to our podcast, Yasha, Young and Sharing His Anointing. I am Elder Shanina Walker. Until next time, have a blessed day.